glad that you guys are with me as the coronavirus continues to make life weird, turn it upside down throughout this country. We get to take an hour off and we get to chat out with you about sports. And thankfully, we got plenty to talk about. Here's what else I'm thankful for. Ryan Stig of the Mining Journal joins us on the ESPN-UP phone line for the show. How about that? What's up, Ryan? Yeah, it's uh, it's not Ryan Day. It's Ryan Day twice, I guess. You, we get two Ryan now. Days this week, so that makes <laughs> up for what's been going on here. And, uh, shoot, I know I enjoy that. I'm, <laughs> uh, But I tell you what, good to have you here. Because we got a lot to get to today. It has been a massive last couple of days in the NFL. We've got some college hockey. We all wonder what could have been with March Madness this year. What could have been with the Frozen Four? Plus, the WCHA Awards came out earlier today. We'll break those down with Ryan. And, of course, we'll go to the Hat of Content. All that and more coming up over the course of the next hour. Glad that you're along. Ryan, normally I'd want to start local, work our way out to national, but I do want to save the WCHA awards and specifically the Wildcats who got them for when we talk about hockey a little bit later on. I want to start with the NFL because they have been dominating headlines today, and I guess we can start local because the Packers made a couple of statements today. One is that they still, despite moving on from Clay Matthews, like linebackers who have probably peaked but maybe still got yeah. something left in him. And two, that Brian Balaga is likely not going to be in the roster next year. Which is, you know, I'm going to miss Brian Balaga's, you know, introduction whenever they do stand in their football. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Balaga, Iowa. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, one, it's, it's like a standard, you know. you got to look forward to it. I mean, just, but, uh, yeah, I, eventually your time comes to an end with the team, and sometimes it's abrupt, you know, then hopefully they let him know before, you know, he found out on Twitter or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked to find out you're either being replaced, like you found whoever's going to replace you, and you didn't find out for the team, you found out on Twitter. Yeah, like you're sitting there and just going about your day, and then you get a notification saying your team has released you, and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> or, or, or you get like people texting you saying, hey, man, you're released, uh, what happened there? And you're like, well, that's news to me. But You guys well, yeah. knew before I did. Yeah, so. I tell you what. Christian Kirksey is coming, though. They do reunite him with Mike Pettin. He was at one time his head coach when he was in Cleveland, and now, of course, the D.C. with Green Bay. And I don't know. I wonder, does Kirksey still have something left in the tank? But, you know, I kind of like that. A veteran on defense for the Packers, I get. His best days are probably behind him. But he's a good defensive leader, good veteran presence on that defense. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, like, maybe a motivational kind of thing, yeah. you know, the, the whole mentor, maybe, uh, you know, it's good to have veterans. I mean, he maybe not has the, uh, skill level that he used to have, but, you know, it's, you know, it, veterans are useful in their own way, you know, and, uh, I think it could be a benefit to them. Yeah, I tell you what. I have not seen frustration on social media from Lions fans today. I know they've got other stuff probably on their mind, but they did nothing today, and I just I, I would think that'd be something Lions fans are upset about. Yeah, I saw the uh, this one guy um, did the meme where the guy uh, you know there's a stick figure with a pole, and he's like, "Do something!" and he's poking <laughs> the Lions logo, and it's like I, I'm honestly shocked. You have so many teams that are just in the last 
just 12 hours I've just been wheeling and dealing, and the Lions are just sitting back and be like, well, I guess we'll get to it when we get to it, or something <laughs> like that. It's a, it's a weird attitude to have. So. Ryan, who's had a better last couple of days, the Arizona Cardinals or the Baltimore Ravens? Because earlier today, the Cardinals, I feel like, got away with highway robbery as they pick up DeAndre Hopkins, a top three wideout, and they ship over David Johnson, a talented running back who's just made of glass, and they have, uh, look at the wideouts they've got to go along with uh, uh, Fitzgerald and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. I mean, that is exactly what Cliff Kingsbury wants. And then you've got Baltimore, who essentially turned in a, a fifth-round pick for a backup kicker who Minnesota cut three weeks later and turned it into Calais Campbell. Yeah. I uh, I think Baltimore had a good day, but I think you got to go with Arizona because they have, you know, they got. Um, well, here's the thing now: Does Larry Fitzgerald turn from a number one to a number two? Absolutely. Or is he a, yeah, I uh, which I never thought in his career until maybe he hit his forties mm-hmm. that maybe he would become a number two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. So, I mean, that'll be an adjustment for him. But finally, he's got a good weapon. You know, he hasn't really had one since San Juan Bolden was on the team. Mm-hmm. So now he's got some backup there. And uh, But I, was Bill O'Brien just bored today? Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure out what he was doing. He's just, obviously get... he's in self-quarantine right now because he is just <laughs> bored. And he's like, hey, look, I'm not just a coach. I'm a GM, too. Look what I can do. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to leave my mark and make everybody just be confused on what my mindset is mm-hmm. i mean I, I'm, I'm taking a playoff team and uh, a divisional champion team and i'm just going to throw it all out the window for uh, a guy who is like you said is made of glass i mean david johnson's a solid running back and he was a great fantasy for me year for me a couple of years ago but he's so hit with injuries it's like you can't think you're going to get a full quality season out of him at least not at this point they just like running backs that are d johnson because they they still have duke johnson <laughs> they just want to sell I, a lot of jerseys one says d johnson or like i don't know du dot johnson the other's like uh da dot johnson they do one of those so they can sell more merchandise yeah maybe just say well uh if we make so many d johnson jerseys you know this will <laughs> cut costs <laughs> Because if we had Hopkins jerseys, people want those jerseys. So we can just, you know, it's uh, maybe it's a supply and demand kind of thing. Or, I don't know. Well, then on the other side of the coast, you had Baltimore, who not only flipped basically Kerry Vedvik, for, who was cut three weeks afterwards, for Calais Campbell. Today, they also shipped Hayden Hurst to Atlanta. They recognized, like, within the hour, there was a need there when Austin Hooper left, and they get a second-round pick back for him. So I don't know who the GM is for the Baltimore Ravens. We've got to find out whoever that is and already give him GM of the year, in all likelihood. Yeah, well, you know, Ozzie, well, I know Ozzie Newsom was it for years, mm-hmm. you know, that was, but uh, I don't know if he still is. But, uh, yeah, I um, would definitely go with... Uh, and it, the season hasn't even started yet. No. And he's already almost got it wrapped up. So it's uh, that was an impressive move by them. And just getting briefly back to, you know, Arizona, you know, Kyler Murray was seen as like this, you know, he was supposed to be the turnaround guy, you know, the guy who fits in with Cliff Kingsbury. And it's like now with DeAndre Hopkins, he has that extra weapon to have. And you wonder if Kyler Murray's going to have, you know, he had a good year, but is he going to have an even better one this mm-hmm. year? 
So that's that's my question right now. You're a Minnesota guy. How about the Vikings today making a few moves? I mean, they, let's see, what did they do today? They tagged Anthony Harris. They extended Kirk Cousins. They re-signed C.J. Ham, and I just got the notification that they're extending Brennan Colquitt, too. Yeah, it's uh, the Vikings are making their moves. You have Kirk Cousins deserve an extension. The question, you know, I think had they not made the playoffs this year and he not you know, had the kind of game he had against the Saints, you start to wonder if he was really worth the money that they threw at him. But he, you know, he's he got better this year, and he became more consistent. And, you know, as much as duff as I like to give him on social media, in the last half of the season, he actually played pretty well. So it's, uh, I think it's the right move. Um, is Kirk going to be the guy, you know, five years from now? I don't know. But uh, at least for the foreseeable future, he's, you know, the Vikes are pretty stable in that area. How about a few other moves that were made here the last couple of days, Ryan? Obviously, Dak Prescott is one that a lot of people want to talk about. I'll be honest, I thought I'd come on air here, and I thought we would know where Tom Brady's going to play. In the last two days, two different teams have literally said no to him, so his choices are either going back to New England, which I'm starting to think there's something really wrong there if he hasn't already, because his other choices are the Buccaneers, the Raiders, and the Chargers, and all those choices are awful for him. Yeah, it's... um you have to wonder what's going on in New England. Like, if he got, like, a notification from, or, I don't think Belichick's a texture. No, you know? probably Maybe not. Maybe, like, probably, like, sends you a memo or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> where he just goes, um, you know, maybe, like, we're moving on. You know, we finally have decided, you know, we're going to rebuild, and, you know, maybe Tom took that really personally, because, you know, if he wanted to go back, he would have done it already. And I think he just wants to maybe end it somewhere else. Maybe he's, I joke that he's a system, he's a system quarterback. System. And maybe he's trying to prove, yeah, you know, Tom Brady is a system quarterback, so maybe he's trying to prove I can get out of this system and I can still play at the level. So I, but the options are terrible. I mean, what, what did the Bucks say today? Like, they've made it clear what he, what, you know, what their offer is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what that offer is. Unless it's a bunch of money, I can't understand why he would want to go to Tampa right now. There's just there's nothing to the Bucks right now. I mean, they've got so. two great receivers, very little of a running game, and uh, an atrocious offensive line. I mean, Jameis Winston yeah. got sacked 47 times last year. Tom Brady's even slower than Jameis Winston is. I mean, that's just a terrible place for him to go. I don't know why he's considering Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's... You gotta, the pressure is gonna hit you. Tom doesn't have the release time that he used to. No. And he's no, let's just say he's not mobile. No. Never has been. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, just watch the combine videos of him running. You can basically (laughs) see that that's the case. But he's, um, I just, yeah, you have a couple good receivers, but in this day and age, you gotta have at least a serviceable running back back you up, especially if you have an aging quarterback, and they don't have that, and it's just it just looks like a mess, because you're not going to win with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. you're certainly not going to win with the Raiders, because you know, they're in flux, and you know, they're moving to a different city right now so it's like it, you got that mess, and what was the third one we had? Chargers. Oh, the so yeah so, you got another team that can't even sell out its own stadium <laughs> so it's like they play 16 road games a year yeah, basically, and you play in the soccer stadium. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't, 
none of them are appealing. And the most appealing one is New England, and the vibe that we all seem to be getting is that he doesn't want to go there. No. And I, I, I didn't think that it would reach a point where Tom would be like, I've built my career here. I've won six championships here. I've, you know, I've become like a legend in Boston and probably the most beloved athlete, maybe outside of like Larry Bird or something, mm-hmm. that the city's never, ever had. And I don't want to come back. And that's just a, that's a really weird feeling. And I'm trying to, I mean, I'm not Tom's mind. I'm not a psychologist or anything, but I got to think there's something deeper mm. than just money related with the Patriots. That's got to reflect on Belichick is what I'm thinking. Yeah, very much so. He, uh, you know, he's, he's so controversial, but he's also so knowledgeable. And he's considered, you know, by many to be the best head coach of all time. But, you know, Maybe you reach your breaking point with him eventually, you know. And uh, there was there were signs, wasn't there? Like a couple last couple seasons where they were quarreling mm-hmm. a little bit, and you know, and you're wondering maybe it's just like the successful marriage is finally <laughs> like hit the skids in New England or something like that. I don't know. It's uh, but it, it's just an odd thing that he hasn't been picked up. And do you think it's just? Is it the money? Or do you think it's because of his age? I think probably think? both. Probably both, because <laughs> he's never been a guy that's wanted the big contract. He's always been a guy that would probably negotiate a lot lower for himself than he could have gotten, so that there's extra money there. They're well below the salary cap to put talented pieces around him. Yeah, it's like, because how much of a... I'd love to know how much of a deal that Tom wants. Because mm-hmm. if it's, you know, because... He's up there in age. Is he 42? I can't remember. He'll be 43 by the time the season starts. Yeah, so it's, you know, he probably wants to have the best option for him. But because of his age, teams don't want to throw, you know, I would say maybe a two-year deal is the best he's going to get. Because, you know, and if he wants more than that, because, you know, Tom's got, you know, the supplements that he has on the side that can, you know, enhance his career, as we all know. But it's just he... I don't, it's just, I, that's the mystery to me. There's a lot of questions going into the NFL season, and uh, the fact that he hasn't been signed is the biggest question. Tanner Hoops, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you here in the sports pen. By the way, before we go to break, Ryan, I pulled up an article from NFL.com. It said, Bilicek and Sean McVay text after almost every game. I wonder if he texted after the Super Bowl. You think that happened? <laughs> I feel like there was a little bit, probably even before the game, too, leading up to that. In fact, I'm sure there was. I just Now I wonder, is he an emoji guy? Does Bilicek use emojis? Well, as we, it, you know, I, I, if it is, it's probably the most basic emojis out there. It's just the flat like, eyes, the line for a mouth and everything. It's that one, and that's the only one. He, like, if you go to his recents, there's no other emoji that's been used. Yeah, it's just, or if it is a happy face, it's something like something weird happened or like someone like tripped over themselves on the sidewalk <laughs> and he thought it was hilarious or something. He, might, he yeah. could have the ring. He might have the trophy, I guess. Yeah. Those, those would be the ones, uh, his most recent emojis, if we if we got a look at his iPhone. Yeah, do you think Bill knows what a GIF is? Uh, you know, 
I think he probably saw one of himself, like because that that one of him with the uh, All Pro, the All One Hundred team. He's flashing the rings, you know. He's showing the six Super Bowl rings. I'm sure someone made that a gift. He saw one of yeah. those. He's like, "Hey, what what's this little doohickey of me?" And someone had to explain it to him. Yeah, this one moves. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> you got one of these little moving pictures here. It's it's. It's these picture boxes. I haven't seen anything like these. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I he's a, he's a weird guy, but uh, I'm 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 intrigued to see where Tom's going to land. And I think bold prediction. I think you're probably going to find out where Tom's going to land probably by the end of the month. Thanks. So. All right. You think it's going to be that long? Well, there's so many. <laughs> well, there's so many few teams that want him, mm. and it's just like he's so wavering on everything it's like i think he's probably going to hold out as long as he possibly can so. by the way we have uh we do have breaking news here right before we go to break the indianapolis colts just traded a first round pick to the 49ers for deforest buckner interesting that, that is that that tells me india's got a lot of confidence in whoever they have lined up to play quarterback um well there was that brief thing where everybody thought they're going to go after philip rivers but mm-hmm. i don't yeah i is a question. Do you think he's a good fit, Buckner? No, I mean, do I think? Do you think Philip Rivers would be the guy for Indianapolis? Uh, it depends what he's asking for. He's not a guy that I want to pour a lot of money and a lot of years into. Yeah, and plus he's you know as we've seen he's prone to throwing interceptions at mm-hmm. this point in his career. So it's like all I feel like the only thing the Colts are missing really is a stable quarterback situation. And I think if they get that, they'll become the. You know, they'll become the team to beat. You know, maybe with the Chiefs. Dan Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our first time out. we got a lot more to get to on the NFL. Plus, still to come, we've got hockey and our head of content. All that and more as we roll on here in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Monday afternoon. Ryan joins us remotely, as will our friends of the show here for the new feature in the uh, effort to fight the COVID-19 virus and contain its spread. But we're glad to have you nonetheless, Ryan, because there's been a lot happening in the NFL world. People said there wouldn't be sports to talk about. Man, we've got all kinds of sports. And it started yesterday when the new collective bargaining agreement was passed. First of all, it was passed by a very slim margin of just 60 votes, uh, 1,019 to 959. It was that close. And that means there's about 600 players who didn't vote, which... I guess shouldn't surprise me because there's a lot of people who don't vote in the presidential election. But nonetheless, that CBA is uh, set to kick into effect this year, and some of the uh, changes that are going to come with it will notably be a seven-team per-conference playoff format, which the number one seed in each conference is the only one that gets a bye. They will start playing 17 games a year the following year, not this coming year, and players are not going to be punished by the league for recreational marijuana use, among other things. Uh, the new salary cap uh, has been set at, uh, I think, $198 million, and players are going to get added revenue, what have you. There's still a lot that these guys didn't like about it, but uh, and here's what surprises me about this, Ryan. I'm not necessarily surprised that it passed. I am surprised at how close it passed. And uh, and I think that's that says something to the influence of guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, 
J.J. Watt. They are the big-name guys who don't need that extra money putting their bodies out there for a 17th game, and they were very vocal about their opposition for this. Most of the league is not making money like those three guys, and I'm surprised that they listened to them that, in that sense, and they didn't vote more heavily in favor of yes, because in the end, it's a bigger paycheck for you. And well, The question I have is, of course, that I'm not surprised about, but you know, you'd think 600 or so athletes not voting on something that literally directly affects them <laughs> is kind of a weird thing. Like, I know people don't vote in elections and stuff like that. You know, that's been the case every year because a lot of people feel like their vote doesn't matter. But this is literally something that affects your contract <laughs> and your well-being, basically, as an athlete, and you're just not going to pay attention to it. It's I, I just don't get it. I mean, if... If I was sitting there and someone's offering me, okay, here's a contract, how about you look it over and decide on it, and I'm just like, no, whatever everybody else decides, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, the fact that it was so close tells how divided, you know, the, the, uh, the PA is right now, and you're just... You wonder what the next CBA is going to be. If it was so tight this time... Is it going to be even tighter next time? I mean, I that's that's my question. So I tell you what, do you like the new uh, CBA though? With what it affects us in the sense that we are going to get two extra playoff teams and an extra regular season game per team. Plus, we get two more uh, playoff games, so more meaningful football. I feel like for fans, it's okay, but it's like the players have been fighting the whole seventeen game thing for like a long time. Mm-hmm. The owners have wanted to do that for a while. And just the fact that they're just okay with it now, or well, the majority are, um, it's it's a little odd to me because, you know, the owners have been pushing that for like at least the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, to have them just be like, okay, we'll do it now is just a little confusing to me. But, uh, I mean, it's fun from a fan standpoint. And, you know, it's the 17 playoff thing is a little weird um, that they would have an odd number, you know? Mm. I, I thought if they can expand it, they might go to eight rather than just seven. Mm. It, uh, it, I don't know. But I guess if you don't do it that way, then the, then you don't get a buy for the top seed. Right, and that makes so the extra I, game more meaningful. Yeah, so I I mean, I get it. It's just, it, it, you know, when you look closely at it, you're just like, meh. <laughs> it's like it looks a little. It just it seems a little odd. Now it's not as wacky as what the base what MLB tried to come up mm-hmm. with, where you know, where I, I swear Rob was just like, okay, let's like get everybody not to talk about the Astros and come up with my crazy idea I just came up with. <laughs> well, so the NFL, it's. I mean, I'm intrigued to see how it's going to play out. I mean, it, at least they're not rushing it. Like they're not doing like, okay, let's standpoint it's great but i'm wondering how i'm wondering how the players are going to feel at the end of next season after that 17th game i tell you what ryan a few other notable quarterback situations yeah uh, it was one year ago yesterday that the miami dolphins let go of ryan Tannehill, and he landed with the tennessee titans and they got him pretty well on the cheap and what would you have said if i told you one year later that the Titans would have looked at Ryan Tannehill and said, we want you 
and they looked at Tom Brady and said, we don't want you. I mean, what would you have said a year ago? I I, I would have been in a state of disbelief mm-hmm. because I just, Ryan Tannehill had his shot in Miami and didn't live up to expectations. And I was wondering if he was going to just become a career backup like mm-hmm. a lot of football players become. But he ended up getting a shot with the Titans. Did, you want to say adequate enough? I, I thought he was they, above average. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and managed to get to the AFC title game despite not hitting the 100 passing yard mark <laughs> in the playoff game. Well, it's like he did just enough to justify that contract. The question is, now that he has that deal, players tend to take a step back mm-hmm. when they get a massive contract. So is Tennessee going to regret this? Now, I think they made the smart decision in the fact they didn't throw a lot of money trying to get Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I, I I just, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. to be the kind of guy that is going to get the Titans. I mean, the Titans almost made the Super Bowl on the strength of Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on the strength of Ryan Tannehill. Well, they were able to franchise tag Derrick Henry, so they're keeping them both around. Tannehill's yeah. getting $29.5 million a year. What was his original offer? What did he want at first so they had to negotiate him down to twenty nine five a year? <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe 40 oh, He thought boy. he was worth that much. I just... I don't see it. No. You know, I, I, he, he's not worth that much. But the fact that he managed to get a deal like that, I mean, you thought, I mean, if you thought Baltimore's GM deserves to be GM of the year, is Tannehill's agent like agent of the year <laughs> at this point? If you're able to negotiate a deal like that for a guy that most fans probably are like, this guy is not going to amount to what is required mm-hmm. out of the league. And he managed to get a pretty massive deal out of, you know, being okay and just enough to get by last year. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I think he has the potential now that he has that stability. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think if they build around him a little more, maybe they can get something. So. Well, I tell you what, elsewhere the Cowboys made a big decision today with their franchise tag as they tag Dak Prescott. You know, and then I, I approve of this decision, Ryan, because they need that money to go out and sign somebody else. And what has Dak Prescott done to say that he deserves to be one of the top-tier, highest-paid quarterbacks in football? I mean, yeah, he's had his moments where he has looked absolutely like an all-pro he has had moments where he just doesn't make the throws he needs to. I mean, Dallas had, what, three games where they held their opponent below 20 this year? And I mean, I should say three losses where they held their opponent below 20 this year. And Dak is asking for close to $40 million when he can't win games like that. And that was the difference between getting to the playoffs or not. I mean, I just, I see why they did it. And now they've got till July 15th to try and work out a long-term deal. Otherwise, they're right back here next year, and they're doing the same song and dance. Yeah, I I don't think Dak Prescott's the guy for the Cowboys. I mean, I, I, like you said, there's been moments where he looks really good, and then there's others where you're just like, this guy shouldn't be a starting QB in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, there was that. There was, I mean, like Ezekiel Elliott was the guy. I remember, you remember, it was like when they made that run in the playoffs, People are like, if Ezekiel Elliott wasn't on the Cowboys, would the Cowboys even be here? Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I, I want him to be successful because I think he's shown that he could be, 
but the fact that he has so many games where he just doesn't live up to expectations makes you think he's not worth throwing that much money at them. So, um, as much of as much as I laugh at Jerry Jones a lot and how the Cowboys manage, this is probably a smart decision. I tell you what, uh, with the Cowboys now, they have the money to go after Amari Cooper and try to keep that core together. Here's something interesting, though, Ryan. If you're Dak Prescott and you do feel like you got disrespected here by Jerry Jones. Do you consider sitting out this upcoming season and say, oh, you've got that money, better go sign somebody besides Cooper Rush unless you want him quarterback in your squad? Do you think it's wise to sit out a season? I don't see it. I, 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 it's, it's tough to think of any examples that work, but Dak does have that leverage, so it might not work for him, but it definitely won't work for the Cowboys with Cooper Rush as, his quarterback, as their quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I, I can see maybe him holding out for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think eventually he'll have to just deal with the situation he has. Um, it's he, the Cowboys are in a much better spot, I think, than that. <laughs> right now, <laughs> you know, and, the, yeah. and he's it, he won't announce his holdout before the draft either, because you know that's next month, and the Cowboys could turn around and say, "All right, we're going to get your replacement here." So until then, it's got to be all business for Dak going forward. Uh, one more big signee today that I want to bring up to you here before we go to break. This is the time of the year where everybody's going to talk about how stacked the Cleveland Browns are because they just made Austin Hooper the highest paid tight end in football. And now you look at that offense, they're talking about how scary this Cleveland team is. I'm like, you guys said the same thing last year. and I don't see what makes me think that it's going to be any different this year. I really don't. Yeah, I, I never trust the Cleveland Browns to actually know what they're doing mm-hmm. at all. I just, I don't, I mean, there's so many people. I mean, didn't SI run a cover like earlier this year predicting the Browns to win the division mm-hmm. or something like that? And it's like, I don't know what people see and how their team is managed and how that team is owned and operates and thinks this is a team that's going to be sustained and <laughs> successful. I Do I think that maybe they could make the playoffs. I think there's a possibility, mm-hmm. but this isn't this isn't the this isn't a team that's going to be divisional champs. This isn't a team that's going to make a big run, and it's because they don't know what they're doing there. Which is why whenever, which is why when the movie, have you ever seen the movie Draft Day? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they're talking about how well managed the Cleveland Browns draft day is. I've ne- that, that might be the most real unrealistic scene I think I've ever seen in a sports movie. Because it's like, I mean, and I like Space Jam. There's cartoon characters dunking basketball, and somehow to me, that's more realistic than what happened on draft day. It's just. Oh, uh, shoot. Um, if we're talking about some of the biggest winners and losers here from uh, the NFL and from the first couple hours of the legal tampon- uh, tampering period, help me decide, are the Jacks- excuse me, are the Jacksonville Jaguars winners or losers here? Because they're clearly um, trying to rebuild, and they have shipped off Calais Campbell for next to nothing. They don't know what they're doing with Nick Foles, and so- for whatever reason, some teams are interested in Nick Foles. And uh, this general manager is uh, he's seven years into his tenure there. I don't know his name either. And he's had one year where he's had better than five wins. And he's he's going into rebuild in his seventh year. Like, does that make them losers? Or sh- is he a winner because he still has a job doing this? I I would say he's a winner in the fact he still has a job. <laughs> but overall, I just, 
I just don't see what they're doing over there. I mean, I feel like if Nick Foles didn't get injured, I feel like the Jaguars would be a little better shape. But they're they're not Browns level inept, but they're still at the level where you don't know exactly what they're doing. And um, I don't know. I I think he's a winner. But the Jaguars are losers, is what I'm saying. Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Busy day in the NFL we've been keeping up with. Let's take our next time out. We'll turn our attention to the ice. we got some hockey to talk about next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along as we get to the back half of our show here in ESPN-UP. Here's your Sports Center update. The New England Patriots are giving veteran safety Devin McCourty a two-year, $23 million deal. He will finish his career in Foxborough and continue to play alongside his brother. They're keeping the McCourty twins in the New England secondary. I'm happy to hear that. Major League Baseball is moving back. It's projected opening day to mid-May following last night's recommendation from the CDC that no more than 50 people gather together for the next eight weeks. And finally, beavers have a transparent set of eyelids that help them see underwater. It's like goggles. Really? And you know that? I did not know that. Uh, beavers got these little translu- uh, transparent eyelids. How about that? Again, yeah. I guess that makes it easier to swim underwater when you got built-in goggles. Uh Beavers are a fascinating creature. Mm-hmm. I uh, I just um, and if you get to see them in their wild, they're re- they're really they're really uh, entertaining to watch. Um, I tell you what, um, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg, with you. Glad that you're along. We got some hockey to talk about, specifically college. We uh, all wonder what we could have got out of March Madness. What about the Frozen Four? If we got the chance for that to play out, what could we have expected? I've got a projected bracket that Ryan and I are going to fill out over the course of the next segment. But first, Ryan, the WCHA came out with their postseason awards today, and a good number of Wildcats made the list. Yeah, at uh, um, Griffin Lochran and Phil Ballou make the second team, uh, both very well-deserved. Griffin led the league in goals. You have... Phil Ballou has just been a consistent defensive player. Um, took a step back a little bit this year, stats-wise. You know, he was uh, you know defenseman of the year last year. But uh, you know, sometimes that happens if you have a team that you know kind of hits a wall offensively. You know, it uh, that can hurt you a little bit. But still, second team's pretty uh, pretty awesome honor for him. Um, and then you have Craighead, uh, thanks to a strong second half, got uh, on the third team. That's a good accomplishment for him end his career, and then you have John Hawthorne, which is a bit of a surprise for me. Um, I, out of the rookie team, I thought maybe like Andre Gantos maybe had a shot, or uh, you know maybe a couple other guys. But uh, I guess you know good for John. Uh, he kind of struggled in the second half of the year, but uh, you know I guess they were impressed enough with his first half that they were able to you know he was able to earn a spot. I mean, it tells you something about the goalie depth that Northern's got. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think Northern is in a good spot goaltender wise. I know that uh, there are times where they look shaky, but I feel like Nolan Kent had some great moments during the season. I feel like John uh, showed some nice glimpses, and of course, then you got Connor Rickman is going to be fighting for the spot next year. Um, there's a lot of hype about him. Um, people are saying he's just a very good lockdown goaltender. And uh, it's coming in as a transfer. That's going to be—he's going to be interesting. 
interesting to watch, and uh, he's he's one of going into next season one of the players I'm most intrigued. There's a lot of players that I'm wondering if they're gonna you know take a step to the next level, but um, him I want to really wanting to get a good close look at. I tell you what, a lot of college hockey that has been floating around here the last couple of days, and finally we got something positive with the postseason awards. I have this for you though, Ryan. It is a projected tournament bracket, the last bracketology from uh, USCHO.com, and I want to I want to pose these matchups to you, and let's just see what we could have been. If this was indeed the tournament bracket, then what we could have gotten from this year. Starting in the, in this uh, first region here, we've got the top seed being North Dakota, who, by the way, you're from that area, Ryan. Um, are they serious about thinking about raising a banner right now? Because they, <laughs> they might have been on their way to a national championship, but, man, your program's in a better place than that. Yeah, I... I feel like if they do, it'll be like, like a black banner. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the green banners are for the national championships that North Dakota's won, and the white banners are all for um, the conference championships. So, I guess you could say, what would you put on it though? Like the what if kind of, you know, it, it, whatever UCF put on theirs, might as well put it on theirs. Yeah, well, yeah, or you know, you heard it. The Florida Senate did. You know, they gave Florida State the national championship in men's <laughs> basketball, which is probably what... I'm like, in many ways, I feel like that's worse than what UCF did, mm-hmm. because it's like, it's like they didn't even play. No. I, I, yeah. I mean, UCF at least had an undefeated season. UCF, I mean, FSU didn't even play in the tournament. But uh, getting back, I think it's... Uh, I, I think it'd be kind of a bad idea. Kind of... It, it makes things... It just it cheapens the whole thing mm-hmm. if you or, if you raise a banner like that. I mean, you remember when the Colts put up that banner that said AFC Championship Participants? <laughs> yeah. You're just like, I mean, how sad is that? It's just like you know you were physically present at the game, <laughs> but you didn't win. So it's like, why would you why would you want that hanging in the rafters? It just I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are like. In college hockey, I mean, I know Duluth is saying, well, we'll just call ourselves the three three straight championships. And then UND wants to do their thing. And, you know, well, Minnesota State put up a banner. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, well, they're saying we finally won a game this year. (laughs) An imaginary game, but we won that game. So it's, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's. Is it disappointing that you're not going to chance to play for mm-hmm. a national championship of the tournament? Of course it is, but it's just, it's just, it just, it kind of makes a mockery of the whole thing, and I, I'm not a fan. Well, so. Ryan, in the projected bracket, they're the number one overall seed, and they're going up against upset-minded AIC. Can American International do it again? What would you pick in that matchup? I would go with North Dakota just simply because I think they they would be far more well prepared. Than St. Cloud was to face that team. I think St. Cloud cruised into that tournament last year and just thought they would run the table and just run over the Yellow Jackets. Whereas North Dakota saw what AIC did and is gonna and they, they would be able to handle it a lot better. And uh, I think they'd be more secure. So I think you would. That one. I just can't see North Dakota coming to a grinding halt like uh, like St. Cloud did. How about elsewhere in that region? You've got number six Denver taking on the 11 seeded Ohio State Buckeyes. 
I'd probably go with Denver yeah. just because I'm so used to Ohio State being Ohio State. Um, <laughs> Which means not good ago, in the tournament. Yeah, very much so. I mean, two years ago, Ohio State made the Frozen Four, and I had so many friends who cover the uh, you know the Big Ten Conference, and they're like, "Oh, you got to watch Ohio State. They're you know they're just so amazing." And then I watched them in the Frozen Four, and they scored once, <laughs> and it was just like, and it was on a fluke goal too. It's like the Lynx screwed up on defense. And ended up being a bad play, but I'm just like, I mean, this isn't the team. This is a, a vastly overhyped team. I think Denver would cruise in the game, and uh, yeah, it would, it would be UND Denver in the regional final. Well, oh, and to be fair, that year Ohio State made the Frozen Four. They had outstanding goaltending. Romeo, whatever his so. name was, he was awesome, and he kept them in yeah. a lot of games they probably shouldn't have been. Um, how about in the uh, neighboring regional? You've got Boston College taking on the Q, BC or Quinnipiac. Um, that's kind of a fifty-fifty battle. That's more of a toss-up. I I'd go with Quinnipiac. Okay, just because I feel like Quinnipiac has been—I don't trust BC at the level that I used to do. I mean, BC was like a locked-on pick. Like you, if they were in the tournament, this team was going to get past the first round. They had a great chance of getting the Frozen Four. Whereas they're not what they used to be, and. uh you know, Jerry York can't recruit like he used to be. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, I feel like Quinnipiac would do enough to get past that game. So I'm going to go with the Bobcats. That's our first upset Ryan has picked in our projected bracket. On the other side of that regional, you've got the defending national champions, the two-time defending champs from Minnesota Duluth, going up against Arizona State back in the tournament for a second straight year. And keep in mind, as an independent, Arizona State's coming off maybe three weeks or so without any game, any game action. I think that's going to be the thing that hurts them. Duluth is so good, and Arizona State is just... It, being an independent just kills you mm-hmm. all the time. And uh, I, think, I think they do okay, but I think Duluth just kind of explodes at one point, and it ends up being a game that it you know, you wouldn't think would be. I think it's like a 5-2 blow-up kind of a thing. How about on the other side of the bracket? You've got Minnesota State, who we know their struggles throughout the tournament, always great in the regular season. They've never won a tournament game. Would they do it this year if they squared off with the main Black Bears? I think this would be the year they get past the first round. Yeah? And I, as much as it's funny in the way that the Mavericks can't get it done in the tournament every year, I, I haven't been particularly impressed with Maine this year, and I think I've seen Minnesota play, State play, even when they're not playing NMU, I've watched them, you know, in their later games, and uh, they're just, this is a different Mavericks team than the previous Mavericks team. This is just a very complete team with a great goaltender, and I think this is the year they'd get past the first round. Now, after that, that's more of a question mark in my book. We have Ryan Stig, the Northern Michigan Hockey Beat Writer out of the Mining Journal. He's on the ESPN-UP phone line with us. We are getting Ryan's picks, filling out his bracket for what the USCHO predicted, uh, projected would be the NCAA hockey tournament field if it was played. How about this matchup? It's kind of fun. You've got Penn State, and we've talked about it all the time. They take the Toronto Maple Leafs approach. A lot of offense, not much for defense and goaltending. They're going up against a team that, honestly, I think would have been really fun to see in the tournament because they were playing as well as anybody, and that's Bemidji State. Bemidji State. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I would call it right there. They're just a very defensively sound team. 
they've been a lot more consistent. I don't trust Penn State. Mm-hmm. I don't trust a team that relies so heavily on offense that they no. forget about defense. And uh, that's been their Achilles heel every year in the tournament. They might do enough to get past the first round, but as soon as they face a team that can play good defense, they just hit a wall. And I just, I think Bemidji gets the win this year, and, and it was just, I I don't think it's been rare that I've been truly impressed with a Bemidji State team, but they played so well against Northern in Marquette that I was like, this team could make some noise, and they deserve to get a spot if they don't run the table in the WCHA. As well as they were playing, they really could have made a run in the NCAA tournament, too, and I feel for them in that sense. The final regional, uh, would you take Cornell or UMass Lowell? Um, I'm probably going to take Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I watched them play Northern, and uh, um, I thought Northern looked very good against Cornell. But Cornell showed that they, you know, in one of the games, they found a way to win. And uh, I don't think they're as hyped as I think they're a little hyped up. But um, I think they're better than Lowell, and I think. Cornell cruises in the first round. You've got the final first round matchup, and these two teams are probably good enough they shouldn't meet in the first round. Would you take UMass or Clarkston? Um, well, UMass lost a big piece, and they lost Kale last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, but I, th- I have a lot of faith in them. I mean, Clarkston has been a pretty decent program for a long time, but they haven't won a tournament game. And in all since '08, so and UMass looks very, very good last year. So I take UMass right now. All right, so we've got our first round matchup set. Moving on to the regional finals, you would have North Dakota squaring off against Denver for the right to go to the Frozen Four. I, I would say North Dakota um, gets by Denver. It's going to be a very tight. It would be a very tight game because um, it always is between those two schools. They have a good rivalry out there, but uh, I think North Dakota's offense was so consistent this year that they get by Denver. So, I'll go them. Does the Q have any chance at stopping a three-peat? Could Quinnipiac beat Duluth? Probably not. Brutally <laughs> <laughs> no, honest. I, uh, I, I, I mean, I, Quinnipiac's a, a good program, but they're not the team that, you know, made a national title game three years ago. Oh, actually, four years ago. Um, they're just... I think Duluth is just really strong, and I think it just—I I think they hold tight, maybe in the first period. But I think Duluth will pull away. You've got a rematch of a WCHA battle that I'm really excited to get your thoughts on: Mankato or Bemidji for the right to go to the Frozen Four. This might be a risk, but I would pick Bemidji State. All right. I just because on the strength of I feel that Bemidji has been a little more consistent. And Minnesota State is Minnesota State, and I feel like they're going to just do something in the game that's going to, they're going to either collapse or they're not going to show up offensively. And uh, it's either going to be one or the other, and I think that you get some Frozen Four. How about our final spot in the hypothetical Frozen Four in Detroit, Cornell or UMass? <sighs> I'm going to go UMass. All right. Uh, simply because, I mean, Cornell was good. But I feel like they just—I I mean, they didn't overly impress me. I feel like they got a lot of hype coming out of the East with a lot of media. That I—I just—I don't. Like, Cornell's always that team that makes it into the tournament. Now it's not as bad as Minnesota State is, mm-hmm. St. Cloud, but they are. 
you know, they make it to the regional final, like, constantly, but can't get to the Frozen Four. And I feel like that's what happens this time. They hit a wall, and I think UMass gets, does just enough to get by them. All right, so we're on to the Frozen Four in our hypothetical Detroit tournament. We've got a really fun semifinal matchup, the top-seeded uh, North Dakota Fighting Hawks going up against the two-time defending champs and the fifth-seeded Minnesota Duluth Dogs. Who are you taking? I would like to think this is like you, you ever watch a, a national. You ever watch like the semifinal and you feel like the semifinal is the default, like national mm-hmm. championship. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's what it'd be. I feel like it would be North Dakota and Duluth actually the official national championship game rather than what's going to end up. I think North Dakota gets by. Duluth, I think this is where Duluth gets, it comes to an end. I feel like this year, and uh, I think North Dakota does just enough. I think it's like a 3-2 win or a 4-3 win. How, uh, who would be your sacrificial lamb then to lose to North Dakota in the championship game? Are you going with UMass or Bemidji? I don't think I would ever say this at the start of the season, but I think Bemidji State mm. is with goal. And it's just because they're, they're just a consistent team they're not they don't have star power but they find ways to win and that's you know grandpa Tony told me that a couple times it's just they're not going to wow you like minnesota state does or like north dakota does they're a team that just gets it done night in and night out and zach Driscoll will have a great name in game in net or they'll do enough defensively to you know escape with a 2-1 win or a 3-2 win and uh I think Bemidji does just enough, and then I think North Dakota wins the championship over Bemidji. All right, all right. So there you have it. Ryan Stieg believes that the top-seeded Northern uh, Northern Michigan. How about North, I wish it was Northern Michigan. How about North Dakota uh, will go on to or would have gone on to win this year's Frozen Four? That was uh, what we could have had if we were down there in Detroit. The ESPNUP would have been there, but. Unfortunate circumstances have uh, negated that. But either or, we've got 10 minutes left in this show. Let's take our last time out. We'll go to the Hat of Content next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Get it from the ESPN-UP website or get our free mobile app from the Apple Ice or Google Play. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by Ryan Stegan, ESPN-UP phone line. I tell you what, we probably didn't need it today, but it's fun, so I want to do it anyway. We have the hat of content we've introduced here lately because we wondered, will there be a little bit of lull in sports content? There hasn't been so far, but I like doing this segment enough that we're going to do it again to finish out the show here today. Basically, I've got a leprechaun hat, and it's, I'm doing that because it's festive. It's seasonal with uh, slips of paper. Each has a number, and each number corresponds to a question that I've got on here, Ryan and I will debate that. Some of them will be worth your time, and others, most of them probably are not. Ryan, you're not here physically, but man, I'll I'll still let you pick, man. Uh, oh shoot, how would that work? Um, I guess you could tell me a number between one and fourteen, but then that kind of negates the hat. So I don't know. How, how do you want to do it? Um. Well, how about how about you close your eyes? And you imagine it's me picking this thing out of the hat. I'm going to go that route. All right, I'm doing it now. I've got my eyes closed. i got my selection, and the number is one. I've got question number one. You ready for that, Ryan? Yeah, I'm good. All right. What is your favorite animal to visit at the zoo? Boy. Well, I've been to a lot of zoos over the years. Yeah? Um, so I kind of like, like going to the zoo 
like if there's a unique animal that's distinct to the zoo, like when I was in Indianapolis, they had cheetahs there, mm. and I had never seen cheetahs you know anywhere. And then the Green Bay Zoo, which I recently went to a couple of years ago, they had a moose there, and I had never seen a moose really so, ever. And there's so much talk in the UP, you know, just go out there, you'll see a moose. I've been here six years, and I've never seen a moose out here. <laughs> so I'm convinced people are just lying to me that they actually exist out there. So, I, so if I can see, if I see a moose exhibit at a zoo, that's probably the first place I go. But I also just, I like to look at the map on what they got and just be like, what what exhibit do they really hype up? Mm. Plus, I, I also like seeing polar bears. They're kind of mm. I tell you, have you ever been to the Omaha Zoo? I have not. Henry Dorley Great Zoo and an exquisite penguin exhibit there. Really? I'm a big penguin guy. I mean, like you said before, I mean, they are cool animals and they they are my favorite hockey team. Plus, you know, they do cool stuff. It's like... They're in this little iced-up chamber and everything, and they just they dive off of it, and then they snap fish like in their beaks or whatever you call them, and you know they're fun. You know, like we we talked about, we spent way too much time talking about how fun penguins were during you know my tenure here. Uh, but no, that 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 would be my answer to the question: going out and seeing the penguins. Yeah, they're well. I like penguins because you know they're, and you get to see a lot of times in the exhibit. Sometimes the trainers will come out and they'll feed the penguins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and that's fun to see. So they're they're uh, and when they walk, it's fun. Mm. You know they, they they you know it's um they're they're a fascinating creature. So that I, I would probably put them on my list too. Let's go with one more dig into the head of content here. We got time for one more here before we sign off. And I've got my eyes closed, hand in the leprechaun hat. I got my selection, and the number is. 14, so we went both ends of the spectrum here. I got question number 14, and it is, if only one of your favorite teams could win a championship in your lifetime, which one would you pick? Well. You're a Minnesota fan, so (laughs) take your pick. I'd probably have to go for the Vikings, Mm -hmm. just because it's been so, they've they've caused more heartbreak, Mm -hmm. I think. You know, I've seen the Twins win a World Series. I've, uh, I've, it, it'd be cool if the Wild win the Cup, but Minnesota is so heavily in the favor of the Vikings, and I just, it'd be nice to just have one, just to say, you know, just to kind of shut up the Packer fan base and all the other fan bases who like to brag about their titles. We can at least say we have our one, and just, I mean, like when the Cubs won the championship a couple years ago, it was like. I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched the team win, and I'm good. You know, I can always reflect on that. You know, 20 years later, I'll be like, yep, it happened, and I'm still okay. Would I like to see them win another? Sure. But I, I, I'm good. No, I can, I, it's like what Bill Simmons said. I can die in peace. Uh-huh. I can feel that way, you know? After seeing that, you know, for me, it's which would sustain you the longest. Because if they only win one, I mean, I, it, you're not guaranteed multiple championships here. Uh, I don't, I've seen the Celtics win a championship, and they're always going to be relevant. They're always going to be a storied franchise. I don't need them to win championships for that. I'm happy when they do. I've seen the Penguins win three in my lifetime, and you know, and they're I love that too. But they're another iconic franchise. They'll always be relevant. I probably wouldn't say Notre Dame, Ryan. If I, if it was Notre Dame football, I probably would. Wouldn't say them because I'm not guaranteed multiple championships. If I if I'm guaranteed there'll be a dynasty, sure. But 
I, I would always feel like as we get farther and farther away from that championship, then it hurts the standard, hurts the brand a little bit more. People laugh at the brand because they love that. Anytime they can do that to Notre Dame, people will do that. Um, so I would probably go with the Twins. I've never seen the Twins win a World Series in my lifetime. I feel like they just get one in my lifetime, and I'll be sustained. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, when, once you get one, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like when the Cubs won, it was so great, and then they'd make it back to the playoffs, and they'd be like, they'd blue us, and they'd be like, well, this sucks, it's too bad. But I'm just like, you know what? Four years ago, the drought happened. Mm-hmm. I'm still reflecting on that and how amazing it is. So I feel like I would like to think in Michigan it would have to be the Lions for a lot of people. Uh, that's a great question. We should ask a Detroit sports fan uh, because which of those teams, because I can't imagine be the Red Wings because they've seen them win plenty over the years. I feel like they'd want to spread that wealth a little bit. Yeah, very much. I, I would think it'd be the Lions because it's like the idea of them winning a Super Bowl is so unheard of mm-hmm. in so many people's minds. That I mean, I've talked to Lions fans. They'd be like, "If they win a Super Bowl, how would you react?" Mm-hmm. And a couple would be like, "I don't know what I do with myself." <laughs> you know, I'm so I'm so used to them failing that it's just like, if they were successful, it's like, what do I do? Do I do I go to games anymore? Do I watch them because it, it happened? I don't know. It's uh, I, I feel like for Michiganders, it would probably be the Lions. But I don't know. I mean, I've lived here six years. I've been trying to grasp it, and who knows? Maybe there's other people who'd rather see the Pistons than another one or the Tigers than another one. It's hard to say. You can probably throw in the Wolverines, too. And, of uh, course, yeah. Sparty. Yeah, and or Sparty. I would say that probably, too. Either or, uh, that is our Had a Content, and we're out of time, man. I appreciate you being on with us here on the ESPN-UP phone line. You're uh, kind of cooped up, as we all are, but getting some work done, writing some feature stories coming out in the Mining Journal here. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing a lot of season recaps, random view. I got some feature stories in mind coming out. So there there will be content in the, in the paper. I will emphasize this. You will see sports content when you get the newspaper in the morning. It's not just going to be empty. There's going to be local content. It may not be live, but there's still going to be a lot of good stuff. So Check that out in the Mining Journal here in the coming days. Elsewhere, stay safe and keep it right here to ESPN-UP. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.